I, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, recognizing that so much of our religion is cultural and, uh-huh. uh, you know, if you were somewhere else in the world, you'd have different roots. And yeah. I, I agree with you. Like, is, um, I really like the idea of kind of even freeing yourself from the weight of belief and yes. like yeah. letting that go. Mm-hmm. And when I find myself digging into something, um, that I want to believe is true, especially yeah. not, not, not necessarily much more these days, um, maybe spiritually, but perhaps like politically or something mm-hmm. that's going on that way to go like this belief will most likely end up causing suffering. Yeah. So what can I do to like, you know, circumvent that or let that yeah. belief go in a way that doesn't um, prevent me from being active in my community, yeah. in, a, in you know, in helping other people, all those things, but keeps me from holding on to something in a way that causes pain. I wonder what was it like to see a light so low in the sky. To follow it blindly, to see it shining so bright. Did the stars know the light would show the way to the Savior of the world? Here the angels are singing glory, they're telling the story that can save the world. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the What If Project Podcast. My name is Glenn Siepert. I'm your host, and this is episode number 160. Now, today's guest, uh, we've been building this episode up for a while, and today's the day. Today is the day that you get to listen in on a conversation with Forrest Clay. Now, you've heard Clay's music on the show before. Uh, He's got a brand new album that he's about to release He's leaked out a couple of songs, really good stuff. I've heard the album. Uh, it's a game changer. And uh, if you haven't heard any of the music yet, you got to go look for him on uh, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, all the places. We're going to put some of his music in the show today because why not, right? Special music today is by Forrest Clay. We're going to hear his story and hear some of his music. Uh, but really, really good stuff. This album documents his spiritual journey. Uh, his faith evolution, his deconstruction, reconstruction, the questions he's asking, all the different things. This music is going to put words on so many of your feelings, like the stuff that you wrestle with inside regarding God and the Bible, all the things that you don't know what to do with. This music is going to put words on all of that for you to help you process it. So Really, really good stuff. Uh, I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. Uh, I'll put the links to all of his stuff in the show notes because, like I said, his music is the special music today. Uh, Also in the show notes is Patreon and uh, Buy Me a Coffee. If this has encouraged you, inspired you, pushed you forward in your faith, uh, please consider jumping over to one of those places and supporting the show financially. Uh, All the money goes to kind of keep the lights on at the show. Uh, pay for the hosting fees and all those different kinds of things for the blog, for the podcast, all that kind of stuff. So head over to Patreon, buy me a coffee, check it out. Uh, Patreon's pretty cool because it's like a tier-based system where whatever level you give, you get a certain reward uh, every month or every other month or every quarter or whatever. Uh, so head over there, check it out. Like I said, all the links are in 
the show notes along with uh, Clay's links as well. Uh, but all that to say, I'm going to be quiet. Let's roll the tape. Episode 160 with Forrest Clay. Enjoy. Deconstructed these walls and I found a business Where the company line was the only way to get paid We built a church uncertainty that fears everything against Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today we are joined by a very special guest. Uh, you have heard his music on the podcast before, Forrest Clay. So Clay, my friend, welcome to the podcast. It's an honor to chat with you. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. So you're releasing a uh, brand new album. And from mm-hmm. what I gather, this album is a reflection of sorts on your faith journey. Is that a fair assessment? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I started... Um started writing it actually right around uh, the 2016 election mm. um, at which point I had already I had already kind of been going down the road of deconstruction and it uh, obviously just accelerated all of that I like can many, understand like why. so many others yes yeah, why <laughs> and so uh, yeah I just sat down um, and uh, the single, which is out already, called Recover, which I think you've used on the podcast. Thank you very yep. much. Yeah, yep. um, that was the first one mm-hmm. that I wrote, uh, kind of in a a mess of tears, and uh, you know, just kind of popped out quickly, which is not how I normally write, but usually my best ones are that way. So, yeah, yeah, and then from there, right? we, just go. yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Um, there's there's a thing where like you feel there's a thing with songwriters say like sometimes you'll feel like more of a conduit than like someone mm-hmm. who's actually like putting thought into something yeah where you feel like it's just like you've tapped into an energy that has to get out and and you are the lucky one that gets to express it yeah and I don't feel that way with very many of the songs I write but a few of them and the ones that come out real fast you know mm-hmm. well, the ones that come out in like one. 20 minutes sitting those are the ones that are kind of like you know you want to hang on to for sure yeah well there's a lot of anticipation around i know people wanting to hear more of the songs because of the one i've played on the podcast and i have some of your other songs that you gave me too for the podcast but people are like i need more of this <laughs> and so there's a lot of anticipation around what this album is going to entail and uh, what it's going to do to people but maybe the best place for us to start kind of with our conversation is like let's talk about your your journey and then we'll talk a little bit about uh the album uh so yeah. your your story i know you were on seth's podcast over mm-hmm. at, can i say this at church and he's a good friend of mine um and i listen to his stuff all the time but i've purposely avoided that episode mm. uh, like the okay. play because i want no spoilers i just wanted sure. to keep your story kind of fresh and you shared some bits and pieces with me and mm-hmm. so maybe take some time you know as much detail as you want talk to us about your story in particular your obviously your faith evolution about god and things like that like where were you uh where are you now and what's the story that got you from there to here absolutely 
So um, I would say that I was raised in um, an independent fundamental Baptist uh, household. Okay. Um, my parents are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, we're raised in the kind of uh, environment, um, you know, where girls were in skirts, you weren't allowed to go to the movie theater, um, et cetera, right? Use your imagination. And I, and I wouldn't say my parents were always that way but that's just like the environments my dad was um my principal growing up so we went to these private christian schools and my dad was always the principal of the schools Mm. all the way kindergarten through uh 12th grade for me and so after high school i um started a band called uh the undeserving and we were i was at the time i was in an evangelical church and i was working part-time as like a you know, the youth worship guy and, you know, would play on Sundays and that kind of thing. And, um, we would have, uh, you know, band practice like five nights a week. And we just worked as hard as I've ever worked at anything. And, uh, eventually we signed a record deal with, uh, Warner brothers and we had, uh, a, just a heck of a time really, um, I won't, that's a really a two hour separate podcast. If you right. want, if you want that whole story, part two. <laughs> yeah. So I, a couple years ago, I'll just plug this real quick. A couple yeah. years ago, I wrote a blog series, um, that really goes into detail of everything that we went through as a band. Mm. And that is on my Facebook page. It's the pinned post on my Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash force clay music. And you'll see the pinned post that kind of tells the whole story about what we went through with Warner brothers. So we were on Warner brothers for, um, I don't know, three, four years Mm -hmm. and had some of our music featured in like big time television shows and got to do some really amazing things, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, we felt at the time just completely like out of place being from a little town in Ohio and from a town, a little town near Sandusky by Cedar Point, Mm -hmm. um, about 4,000 people. And uh, so long story short, we got what's called shelved, meaning due to record label turnover, et cetera, our record, even though we paid back our $120,000 advance Oof. through TV placements, yeah. uh, it never got released. And wow. so we ended up putting it out on our own in fall of 2011, uh, completely broke mm. and completely burnt out and all, all in good spirits and good, you know, plenty of good camaraderie. My brother is a drummer and uh, brother-in-law is a bass player but we just couldn't go on anymore. I had my first baby on the way and that was, you know, I think the time to, to hang that up. And so, um, I continued at that, that same church, uh, I think through 2015 where, um, somewhere though, a few years before that I had stumbled upon a, uh, one of those Christopher Hitchens debates Mm -hmm. back when he used to debate like John Lennox and those guys. And I, remember hearing uh the two of them argue about something but they agreed that uh humanity was at least a hundred thousand years old and i think that may have been the first time i had ever heard someone who i thought was a christian yeah agree that the earth was not six thousand years old and i think <laughs> oh, that was <laughs> that was eye-opening for me too that, when I heard that. <laughs> absolutely yeah and i'm going like i'm sitting here watching john lennox yeah. and he's just like this turning into this hero of mine. And, and I thought I had a lot of respect for Hitchens as a thinker and yeah, 
And all of a sudden, I, why are they agreeing on this? I had never heard this before. This this would have probably been actually 2006 or so when I sure. kind of went on started this. And then from that point on, though, that was my snowball. It was, started with creation theology for me. Yeah. And uh, why is my pastor telling me something different than my science teacher? Yeah. And obviously, that was a long road. And so somewhere around 15, I left. Uh, I left the church that I was at. And, uh, you know, went into just like service work, restaurants, cafes. I was a god awful barista um, <laughs> and just continued to, to like write my own music as solo projects and released a few EPs. Uh, I released an EP about uh, a call. I released an EP called Creation EP, which mm-hmm. was like kind of about that uh, that journey. And, uh, you know, leading me up to today where. And I hate describing myself, but um, <laughs> I I love the the phrase that Pete Holmes used, uh, Christ leading. I feel like the other adjectives um, can rotate, mm. but on my best days, I think that I'm Christ leading. Yeah. And um, I find a deep love and admiration and uh, take much, much inspiration from the character and story of Jesus. Yeah. And, um, but you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Yeah. I love that. I think it's just so hard because everybody wants to pin, pin you down with a, mm-hmm. a you know, a label. Like what are, what yeah. are you? Are you a Christian? Are you a conservative Christian, a progressive Christian, evangelical Christian, a forward thinking Christian? Like there's so many different ways to describe it. And I've, I'm with you. Like, I'm just so up until a while ago, like I tried to think of myself as a forward thinking Christian Mm-hmm. But even that was like too, like, what does that mean? You know, so right. I'm just like, I, I don't know, like I follow the the way. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's like the, great, the, yeah, the way of Christ is just like makes a lot of sense to me. And I was talking to Barbara Brown Taylor uh, last year on the podcast and she wrote the book, Holy Envy. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how, you know, she was a, uh, a teacher for world religions class and how she mm-hmm. had to teach these kids all about, you know, like Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, Christianity, like I found myself adopting all of these different um, these different ideas that I really enjoyed from other religions, but I always came home to Jesus at night. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. Like I feel like I I come home to Jesus at night because whatever it is, it makes sense to me. Um, the way that He modeled for us makes sense to me. Do mm. I understand the cross, the crucifixion, all the things? Not really. <laughs> On my best day, I think maybe I kind of grasp it. A lot of days I don't. But at the end of the day, I feel like it just makes the most sense to me. I, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, recognizing that so much of our religion is cultural and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you were somewhere else in the world, you'd have different roots. And yeah. I really like the idea of kind of even freeing yourself from the weight of belief and yes. like yeah. letting that go. Mm-hmm. And when I find myself digging into something, um, that I want to believe is true, especially yeah. not, not, not necessarily much more these days, um, maybe spiritually, but perhaps like politically or something mm-hmm. that's going on in that way to go like um, this belief will most likely end up causing suffering. Yeah. So what can I do to like, you know, circumvent that or let that yeah. belief go in a way that doesn't um, prevent me from being active in my community, in, in, you know, in helping other people, all those things, but keeps me from holding on to something in a way that causes pain for me and for others. 
Yeah. And I think like you think about the way of Christ, like the way I was brought up and it sounds like you were likely brought up as well as just like Jesus and the Bible and God and the church and Christianity is supposed to be like the answer to all of the questions. Mm. Like, if you have a question, go read the Bible. You have a deeper question, go to church because the pastor probably knows the answer. If you really have a question, <laughs> go to God and prayer because you'll find the answer. Like I'm finding now that like, it feels like the more I think about the way of Christ, the more questions it raises as opposed Absolutely. to like exclamation points. Like I find myself looking at the world, asking a lot of questions. Like mm -hmm. if, if we're, if the church is really supposed to be following the way of Christ in the world, well, why are there all these problems that are surrounding the church and the world? Like, shouldn't we have made a bigger dent in things by now? Like just a lot of questions. I think that that has grown my faith so much more as opposed to memorizing the systematic theologies and the doctrines and signing my name on the dotted line of what I believe. Like, I feel like having the questions has expanded my horizon so much more. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. The, the questions are, I think, vital to my, um, my day-to-day -day life, mm -hmm. you know, like when you, I love the phrase you believe with your feet. And I think that you can flip that on its head with the idea of like the questions then, uh, can become a way of looking at the world. So rather than looking at the world and grabbing into something, grabbing into some sort of belief yeah. about what you're seeing is you're going to go, let's, let's do the opposite of that. And let's ask all the, how many questions can I think of? So you said that what the big kind of thing that pushed you into that deconstruction mode was the topic of creationism. Yes. Um, and that was big for me too, because I, I went to a private Christian school growing up and basically we were told, you know, the earth is 6,000 years old and anybody who tells you differently doesn't know what they're talking about. So mm -hmm. I went into, you know, college, I went to a Bible college and that idea was there too, but we were also kind of introduced to um, more scientific things and like theistic evolution and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But that was a big thing for me too, but I'm wondering like what, what other big topics came after that because like for me one of the biggest ones was hell that was a huge mm. one for me like i wrestled with that for years like i have so many books on my shelf about hell because <laughs> i just dove into that like so hard and then there was like lgbtq exclusion and inclusion versus exclusion was a really big one for me so i'm wondering what were some of the bigger topics after that for you yeah i think um lgbtq inclusion had to have come shortly Mm -hmm. after that because i think for me it was it was personal um I, I mean honestly i don't have any like very close friends that are in the community but i do have yeah. family um i have a family i have extended family mm -hmm. um and now at this point i do have um close friends and so mm -hmm. there's uh i think that was for me one of the biggest ones just just the pain you know sure. when you just there's something about being able to you're challenging yourself to just open your heart and mind to see someone else's pain. Yeah. And as a songwriter, I think I had kind of trained myself or been trained to, to do that. You know, like I, I've written a lot of songs from the perspective of other people's pain. Yeah. Something I wrestle with all the time is like, <laughs> anytime I have a song that does well, that's like directly taking from someone else's story that's not mine. Mm -hmm. um, I always like wrestle with the ethics of like profiting off that, you know sure, what I mean? Like, sure. yeah. And, uh, and that's something that I'll probably, I will always wrestle with. 
Um, but then again, I'm going, man, the best songs I write are just these songs that are just, they come out of these stories mm-hmm. and stories that need to be told and probably should be told or at least amplified, you know, by straight white guys like me yeah. with a platform. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was a big one for me. And then, um, what else did you just mention? Uh, hell oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Same thing. Um, I feel like it didn't. I don't know that I wrestled that long with that one. I, I think that was one that I was pretty anxious to get rid of. You know, yeah. I think once that it was uh, obviously I read love wins at some point. And then mm-hmm. at that, after that, I actually don't even remember, but I, I feel, I definitely remember the weight that lifted when it, when that kind of you, when I let go of that belief, you know what yeah. I mean? Just a very freeing moment for sure. Yeah. Love wind was big for me because I, I picked up that book uh, I was just finished pastoring my first church and that book came out and it was a reformed church. And so, you know, reformed theology is very big on hell and stuff like that. And remember the church wanted me to preach sermons about like the afterlife and things. And I was always like very skittish. Cause I'm like, I, I think I know what I believe. Like I kind of mm-hmm. believe that it's true, but I kind of don't want to believe that it's true. So I kind of like tried to keep hands off of that. And then mm-hmm. that book came out and I, I, I remember I went to uh, the Christian bookstore in town, which was linked to the school that I had grew up in. And I went to the counter, I went to find the book and I couldn't find the book. So I went to the counter and I'm like, I'm looking for Rob Bell's new book. And like, oh, I was like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we took all of his books off the shelf. And I was like, why? Like I used his NUMA videos so many times, like all mm-hmm. of his books used to be here. They're like, well, have you heard about this new book? Like something about hell is I don't know all the details about it, but I've heard that it's supposed to be good. Like, well, he says there is no hell and we can't have that here. So I'm like, well, I'll just go to Barnes and Noble and find the book. Cause then I was like, now yeah. I really got to find what this book is about. So I went and I got it. I read it in like two days. And my mind was so blown just by the idea that like, holy smokes, there's other ways to think about this thing. I was mm. never told that there were other ways to think about this. And that opened up the rabbit hole for me to be like, well, what if there's other ways to think about the Bible, like inerrancy. What if there's other Absolutely. ways to think about salvation and the cross? And it's just mm-hmm. like you said, it's like one thing leads to another before you know it, you're in this place of deconstruction. <laughs> Absolutely. It, and it happens to you. You don't, it's not something you look for. It just happens right. to you. Some people think it's like you woke up one day and you decided, I want to wreck my whole life and I want to lose all my friends. When I started, when I had left my church job, I had kind of just had an opportunity to possibly, uh, you know, take on that job full time. And let me tell you something that would have been, um, by far the best paying career choice I hadn't even ever come close to. And, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I lasted like four months and actually I won't bore you with the story, but I had, I chose to kind of leave before I stepped into the full-time position. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm glad I did that because, the same outcome would have happened, I think. Yeah. Um, except I would have been walking away from like a lot more money. Sure. <laughs> and so, sure. so it made it a little at the time, everyone was going like, what are you, you know, after years, you know, this is like after years of just struggling with my band, um, you know, just trying to make a dime and uh, which we never did. And then, mm-hmm. you know, here you have this opportunity to like stay at home, easy schedule, you know, not, not a, it was not a difficult job per se, yeah. but in it, and it paid well and that flexible, it was just like, you know, for many people, a dream job. Yep. And then I was just like, I, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. I think this is for me. 
Yeah, no, that's hard. I mean, I, I feel that too. Cause I remember I said to my, my wife who was my fiance at the time when, when I left the church, I was like, I, I just don't think I can do this. Like, I just yeah. don't think this is me. Yeah. 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 And it's not easy and people don't understand and that's okay. Yeah, that's true. Yep. So your album, um, mm -hmm. what is this album about? I mean, it's a very intimate album. I've heard the songs. Uh, thank you for, for sharing them with me. Mm -hmm. um, but the lyrics of the songs are super deep. I feel like they put a lot of words onto feelings that maybe mm -hmm. people find very difficult to express that you express in the most beautiful way. So it's going to wreck listeners, I think in, in the best of ways, but maybe tick off other listeners <laughs> as well. Maybe other people won't, aren't going to like it too much, but what's the goal of this album? Like why put this intimate thing from your life out into the universe? Like, what are you hoping for? That's a great question. Um, I've learned plenty of times as I release music that, you know, whatever we would call or consider like commercial success is probably not in the cards for me. Uh, I came really, really close with my band, um, you know, to, to making it, you know, quote unquote, big time. Um, and it didn't work out and you don't really get that chance twice, you know? And what I realized back then, you know, kind of writing more like radio friendly piano pop tunes, was that my favorite thing to write was when I just like wrote my heart out. That's not to say that those songs weren't out of my heart, but I could see the trajectory I was on. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, there'd be times where like you'd write something and the question about it would be like, can we, how do we make this song, um, impact kind of like the most pe people possible which oftentimes kind of made it where you needed to water down certain lyrics this was this was all self-inflicted we wanted to to kind of be like a feel good like everybody can get down with this right yeah. and the more i did that the more i realized that writing something that was like a raw expression of your own humanity mm. no holds barred um is really the only way yeah. to do this. Yeah. Um, and I'm still learning how to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and so when I wrote Recover, I think that was, that kind of broke that wall for me. And it was like, this hurt to write. Mm -hmm. It hurt coming out and it hurts to sing it. Um, because it's my story. You know what I mean? And it's when I would share it with people who had similar stories, I would kind of then be, um, get the affirmation that I needed that yeah. doesn't matter if this makes a dime, but like, this is, I could start to see that this, this music was impacting people. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a song on the album called you must go. And I've only played it live a handful of times, but, um, one of the most impactful moments for me was we had, uh, so I have some friends in the deconstructionist podcast and I played a live show with them. Not, I mean, it was, this would have been three, three years ago, probably. Mm -hmm. And at the, at the time I still hadn't recorded the EP yet. Yeah. The songs were already a year old, year too old, but I was just so uncertain about like, can I put this out? Yeah. And I had shared the songs with some of my friends and I'd share it with them. So we played this, show with them in denver and i played the song you must go and this 
guy came up to me afterwards in tears and um you know he kind of looked like uh, a bike a biker guy like leather jacket tattoos <laughs> piercings and all the last guy you'd imagine crying <laughs> yeah so he's and he, he wasn't like a real big guy or anything but sure. he definitely owned a, a motorcycle <laughs> and so he comes up to me and he he gives me a hug and <clears throat> and i i didn't really know what to expect but what he said was is i used to be the guy telling people they had to go wow and he's you know he just thanked me for for writing it and expressing it and um you know it was kind of like that moment was just like oh crap i gotta put these songs out now don't i yeah <laughs> and um so it's taken a few years but uh we're on the cusp of putting out the holy p and um yeah it's six six songs and they they're all on like i said they're on this timeline and and i i think they're all deeply personal they're mm-hmm that's that was the goal it's not a happy record you know it's a story it's it's a they're all expressions of pain from various angles for sure yeah yeah i think as you're talking i'm thinking about how that just relates to my own work and like what i do because like even Mm -hmm. even as a pastor like i always i always felt like i had to say certain things almost like perform i gotta be like a Mm -hmm. performance like you could be honest but you couldn't be rawly honest and you had to be careful of who was listening and who out in the pews had the money and who might leave if you said a little bit too much. And you always just felt you had to walk on this fine line. And I just felt I could be honest, but mostly dishonest because I wasn't really able to be my true self. And it sounds like in your music, you know, you, this album is like your true self and this music that you're making now is your true self. And I feel like for me, like, as I started this podcast, like it's just, it's, now I finally feel free to be who I am and tell my story. And sometimes it's painful. Sometimes the topics we talk about are painful mm-hmm. because you talk about topics like hell and hell. I was traumatized by hell as a child, you know I mean? Yeah, Nightmares absolutely. and things like that. And, you know, think about that and think about just the, the threat sometimes of church and like, you don't go to church and things that will happen to you. And like, all those things are traumatizing, but it's real. Mm-hmm. And so that is really painful to tell that story, but yet, it's freeing because it not only frees you, but it frees people who are listening because they're like, Oh, like this person has been there too. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. not alone. I think that your right. music, what I'm trying to say is your music makes people feel less alone. So, well, thank you. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's the best, you know, I could ever hope that it does. You yeah. Know? I think that's the, there's your goal. You know, yes. I think that's the goal is yeah. how can I help people feel less alone and, and put words to their experiences that they they weren't able to do themselves yeah and when is this album coming out when's the like the what are you well, aiming for the beginning of may um my hope is that it comes out uh two months ago but <laughs> we're not there yet <laughs> yes so uh i i short answer is the next couple months the next okay. two months i if we go longer than two months i'll be disappointed but i we're really really close we're doing strings on the final song right now and um half the record's already mixed and uh yeah so yeah it's we're really close so got it now when yep. you say we now mm-hmm. for our listeners even myself who are just ignorant of the process mm-hmm. of creating an album because in my mind which is very limited musically i have no musical talent at all it's just like you sit down and you play your song and you release it yes. <laughs> but obviously that's not the case there's a lot that goes into it yes absolutely um 
yeah to do a full album can be can be really expensive like full band album if you don't have the capabilities and gear and knowledge and experience to uh to do it all yourself as far as like self-producing and i certainly do not um i'm sure my friends who are uh product in production um that helped me out i'm sure they laugh at me behind my back i'm certain of it <laughs> because they are like how has he done this for this long and his demos still sound this bad <laughs> but it's true uh so yeah we we uh i have two very close friends um who are do it professionally or in production and they help me out with uh recording strings and mixing and then um you know it just takes it just takes time to get it all done yeah and uh but we're we're close so yeah. and i w- the good news is we're already writing and planning the follow-up in a way that we won't have the three years of delay <laughs> there you <laughs> so, go <laughs> so we're already going okay how can we do this different next time so we yeah. can go bam and get it out so that's awesome yeah. I yep. like it. So uh, lastly, for, for our listeners, um, I asked Clay if he a few weeks ago if he would uh, do this so it wouldn't be just out of the blue. Uh, but would you play a song for us uh, off of your Ooh. album, right? Yes. In, live and in the flesh, uh, whatever song maybe speaks to you the most. Yes. Your right, fave. One, one second here now. Yeah. Let me move my uh, keyboard out of the way here. So, or my <laughs> laptop so it doesn't fall. In the middle yeah, you're good. You're good. Take your time. I'm going to mute myself just in case uh, my toddler describes, decides to do anything in the background. <laughs> how, how old is yours? Uh, she is four. So her and mommy are outside right now, but when she comes in, she comes in hot. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that? Mine are nine, seven, and then like 15 months. Okay. So he's uh he's full throttle. Yep, I hear you. For sure. I hear you. All right. All right. But let's Here we go. Yeah, let me make sure uh because I have not tested this that yeah, please. Like the vocal and the you know, it's like a decent mix. Got the piano. Yeah. So does God got that perfect. Have a face. All right, well, there it is. All right. All right, do you want me to introduce intro the song? Sure, why not? I'm not going to edit all this stuff out. We're just going to let it flow. Just going to let it go. Yeah. (laughs) This is is the last song I wrote for the EP. And it is, um, I think, a a great, it's the last song on the EP as well. Mm -hmm. um, And I don't know how to describe this song other than it came to me uh, one night as I was delivering pizza. (laughs) And I... I, don't remember what triggered it, but I just started wondering what after this whole process of letting, uh, letting so many of these beliefs go and trans, you know, kind of transferring them into questions that I had, is there anything else that I could hang on to? Mm-hmm. And the thing that I kept coming back to was just this idea about how, uh, what does it mean to be made in the image of God? Yeah. And so yeah. even that question you can elaborate on and, you know, that can take you down a rabbit hole of its own. Yeah. But I thought, let's just boil it down to this one idea of what it means to ask all these questions that probably don't have answers mm-hmm. and hang on to this idea that humanity is beautiful. 
even through our ugliness and we are ugly, <laughs> but that we, there is something here that feels so divine. Yeah. And so what I like to say is that this is my love song to humanity. It's called does God. Does God have a face? Does he have a body or even a name? If he does, does he know that I'm alive? Is God even here? Does she care that I doubt? Does she care?
a clapping track i had to cue that right now thank you dude i've got chills all over my body i don't don't typically get that but that was uh man they had that one lyric i had to write down uh did god kill his kid and there was something after that but maybe we've made a god who looks like us all those names at the end i could probably write another bridge that same length with more names yeah uh and I had I had for a while I would play this live and I would change names and sure um, I had a line about a wan in a cage who, that's mm. a living hell you know yeah. I would do that kind of thing and it yeah. feels like that whole bridge could if this song holds up and I get to play it for the next few years I feel like I could yeah rotate all sorts of things that in. could go in all sorts of directions yeah yeah that's really good. Well, yeah, I don't even, man, I don't even know. Where, where do you even go from there? Where do you even go from there? Uh, well, hey, we are just about um, out of time, but this has been really good. Um, I really want to have you back on because I have more questions <laughs> about your story and stuff like that. Maybe we could do this again sometime. Uh, we are, I mean, for our listeners, they're going to hear this afterwards, but we are doing a uh, live show with uh, Clay tomorrow night. So it's Thursday night right now doing it on friday night it's going to be a wild scene so i'm excited about that uh but yeah real quick though where can people find you online yeah so my facebook page is uh facebook.com slash forest clay music yep i'm on twitter at uh clay underscore k because i can't figure out how to change my handle so (laughs) it's just still clay underscore k forest is my first name uh i go by clay i was gonna mention that and then yeah so my most of my music i don't know when you'll release this but most of my music uh now is under clay kirchenbauer on on all the streaming services yeah in the coming weeks it will all be together you know, under the forest clay name got because it the great merging spell yes the great merging is about to happen <laughs> yes we're we're just waiting on artwork literally so we gotta awesome. update all the old artwork with the new name it's just a whole thing so yes it'll all be under forest clay in the coming week or two and um yeah, so Facebook, Twitter, uh, and, and and all the streaming services. That's where I am. Love it. Well, I'll put all the links uh, to it in the show notes. We'll of course use your music in this episode um, as well uh, for the for the listeners. Um, but yeah, I'll put all the links in the show notes, and we'll do it again soon. Awesome, I appreciate it. Thank Sweet. you. Sweet. Tell me what you want because I don't know who. And I never thought we'd ever see battle again. And I don't know who you are. And I don't know.
that's all we'd ever face a battle from 